70s and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, March the 14th. Uh, a lot going on in football, folks. I mean, with the signings and all taking place and uh, movement of teams. Uh, the Saints have taken some hits, uh, especially oh, on the yeah. defensive line. I mean, uh, they're going to look a whole lot different come this fall uh, with regards to the Saints as uh, Tuttle, the defensive tackle who's been there for a good uh, – he was an undrafted free agent, signs with the Panthers. Uh, meanwhile, the Falcons, not only they take uh, on- Onamayata, but they also take Ellis, the linebacker. Uh, of course, defensive line coach, former defensive line coach with the Saints, has moved on to Atlanta. So uh, they're taking uh, two players uh, off the defense. The Vikings also signed Davenport, uh, I believe, yesterday uh, uh, or maybe uh, late last night, and uh, he's going to move to the Vikings. So, uh, And they've restructured, uh, uh, looks like, Jameis Winston's contract, a one-year deal uh, with regards to his playing. And so the Saints, they're going to look a whole lot different next year. You're going to wonder if the Saints with the 29th pick in the first round looking for probably the best defensive lineman on the board at that particular time since the Saints, you know, they got their quarterback, Derek Carr. And speaking of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I mean, is he going to play with the Packers? Is he going to retire to the Jets? Uh, It's the best scenario is the Jets waiting to see what he's going to do because the Packers have got to pay him I think a big uh, a lump sum come June so uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers um, uh, who knows what he's going to do I just uh, and I'm pretty sure Jeff he's met with the Jets hasn't he yes no I I don't know for sure that didn't the Jets fly out to California to that, speak that may with be the him, case, yeah. you know, and uh, who, I mean, he's playing everything close to the vest right now. And, and at the end of the day, whose decision is it? Is, I mean, if uh, apparently the Packers are ready to let him go if they get the right offer from the Jets. That's I right. Mean, at some point, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers can't dictate the terms of uh, a trade or how he uh, is shuttled from Green Bay to New York, but... Um, obviously, the Packers are willing to talk. Yes, and uh, the Packers, uh, they of course, Rodgers holds the cards whether he's going to play uh, or retire. No, certainly. But uh, with the Packers, uh, with movement, you know, they can say, uh, how, will they cut him? Will they? Uh, who knows? They, uh, they, they won't cut him. No, but I'm just uh, I'm I, rhetoric. I uh, yeah, duh, but the, the Jets are just sitting there. You know, how old is Rodgers? Uh, late 30s, 39, somewhere in there. And uh, we'll see what's going to take place. MVP, four-time MVP of the National Football League. So uh, who knows uh, what's in his mind, too. But uh, with regards to the Saints, Saints have their starting quarterback, as I mentioned, in Derek Carr, and now they also have a backup. It looks like Winston's going to agree to a deal uh, to restructure his uh, his deal with the Saints. And uh, Winston's new contract is a one-year deal worth up to $8 million. And uh, he was set to uh, count against $15.6 million against the team's salary cap, but the figure the Saints were never going to carry after clearly signaling it had uh, moved on from Winston in the 2022 season when, of course, Andy Dalton, the backup, played the uh, majority of the games in the back half of the year. Apparently uh, his agent wasn't getting a whole lot of uh, looks, uh, you know, uh, that he is willing to cut his uh, salary in half. 
and maybe with some incentives. I'm not sure if there are some incentives there, but no one was knocking on his door. Apparently. That's right. That's right. And uh, Andy Reid's uh, Dalton's age, matter of fact, comes into play. He's 35, 36 years old. Uh, basically, has been a backup after leaving Cincinnati. So. Uh, We'll see what takes place with him. But in the meantime, Winston, you know, he spent three seasons with New Orleans. One as a backup to Drew Brees. The other is entering uh, the season as a starter. And at that time, he signed the three contracts with the team. You know, he's only appeared in uh, in 14 games uh, with 10 starts with the Saints. So, uh, and, he, you know, he's a former overall number one pick. Uh, joined the Saints on a, a cheap a one-year deal in the summer of 2020. Eager to learn from a future Hall of Famer in Breeze and coming off uh, an up-and-down tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, as a starter and was hoping to restructure his career. So uh, in the meantime, uh, he's moving on, and uh, the Saints, uh, uh, I should say, moving on with a one-year deal uh, with him. So uh, Winston uh, um, has got, uh, you know, I guess he'll be a backup. I guess that's how it's going to start for him. Uh, coming off this year with Derek Carr, the with the Saints signing him to what 150 million, and I think 100 of it was guaranteed, something in that vicinity, for Derek Carr. Uh, anyway, but with the Saints, uh, just uh, other news with the Saints too, as they try to uh, fix things on the defensive front too. Uh, the Saints now um, with a defensive line that's pretty much been uh, taken away. Uh, with the Saints as um, the Falcons, the the the, the Saints just uh, uh, who knows what's going to take place. I'm looking for that uh, article here. Of course, the Falcons, uh, the the second standout. Of course, the Saints have the best kept uh, uh, secret out there now. Is linebacker Caden Ellis has been apparently punched. not so secret anymore. And that's right. The Fal- of course, the Falcons took the Saints' defensive line coach, or maybe an associate, but uh, Ellis became a free agent after the year. 2022 and with the Saints in which more than tripled his defensive snap count uh, from the previous three seasons with the team he started a career high 11 games this past year and all 17 of course when starter Pete Warner went down uh, he was injured in Saints week nine in November against the Ravens an opportunity rose for Ellis to prove himself and uh, that he did in four games as a defensive starter 40 tackles in addition to a forced fumble, a pass defended, uh, two and a half sacks. It was at this point that veteran linebacker Demario Davis called him the best secret in the NFL. Even after Warner returned, Ellis remained a factor in the Saints' defense, keeping a starting role in three of the four final games. And uh, Ellis's seven sacks totaled uh, ranked second behind only defensive end Cam Jordan, who broke the franchise record this past season. Ellis, two forced fumbles, tied for second uh, with Jordan. Warren and the linebacker Andrew Dow, uh, who worked uh, solely on special teams. And then Ellis, uh, 78 tackles, checked in fourth, uh, trading, uh, uh, trailing only Davis, cornerback Tyrone Matthew and Werner. In the meantime, all those marks were career high for uh, Ellis. And uh, we'll see what uh, takes place with the Saints now as uh, Atlanta is poached uh, not only uh, of Ellis, but also Altamaya Mata. Uh, from the Saints. So, uh, and with that, Davenport uh, agreed to sign with the Vikings, in, ending his five-year run with the Saints. And, and, and while Minnesota is not a divisional rival, you've always felt that there is a rivalry there because of the way the Vikings have dispatched the Saints from the playoffs too right. often. 
So it's like you lose these two, uh, three other guys to divisional opponents, and then you lose another one to the Vikings, and you're thinking to yourself, uh, why? Yeah. Why are they bailing on our uh, biggest rivals? That's not only that, but, uh, you know, the Saints uh, have uh, issues with the salary cap, and some of these guys would take some uh, – uh, a nice hits with uh, with uh, with the Saints had to pay them, and of course Davenport, all I like the first round draft pick of two years ago, uh, 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 Peyton Turner. You know they've hardly hit the field. Davenport seemed like he was uh, uh, injured a lot of times, and uh, he of course agreed to a free free agent contract with the Vikings uh, Monday evening, according to one of the NFL reporters. The contract will reportedly pay Davenport. $18 million for the 2023 season, giving him an opportunity to realize his potential and uh, cash in on the even bigger deal next season. The Saints were content with uh, letting Davenport test the market after his up-and-down tenure with the team. He was at uh, times the best defensive player and at other times their most disappointing. Of course, uh, New Orleans saw the potential early trading you know, their 2018th and 2019th uh, first-round picks, number 27 and 30, to the Packers to move up to 14, in which they could select Davenport. Of course, Davenport's health, as I mentioned, often got in the way of realizing his promise in New Orleans as he uh, never appeared in more than 13 games uh, with the Saints each of his first four seasons. The injuries further got into the way of his development, with Davenport missing uh, extended periods of off-season recovery. And when he was on the field, he was dominant. Davenport recorded uh, a career-best nine sacks in 2021 in 11 games, showing off uh, an intoxicating combination of strength and athleticism. Of course, by the time uh, the issue popped up uh, this last offseason, Davenport also missed extensive time recovering from a shoulder injury and uh, played a career-high 15 games last season, but little to show for it. So with the Saints' uh, defensive line, uh, a lot of changes up front for the Saints uh, with regard to uh, their defensive front as Tuttle, of course, inked a deal with uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, recently and uh, free agency right now. Of course, you know, you, you say that, but in the meantime, uh, uh, free agency uh, strips a lot of teams of their starters. Uh, the Saints rode a real high for 15 years, uh, you know, even though a few seven and nine years, uh, they win the playoffs, got beat on some questionable calls, uh, especially the one against the Rams uh, four years ago. Uh, but um, the Saints um, have uh, players moving, like you said, uh, in, with divisional foes. So uh, they're going to have to hit that reset button on, on uh, their defensive line. And like I mentioned earlier, with the 29th pick, uh, they're probably looking for uh, defensive players uh, in that lineup. So if it wasn't clear, you know, uh, last Monday afternoon, the Saints' uh, defensive line was going to look different in 2023, the first day of the NFL's legal negotiating window. And two longtime Saints, uh, both defensive tackles, and David Amietta, along with uh, Shai Tuttle, agreed to terms with the Falcons and the Panthers, uh, their departures uh into sharp focus, which already been considering a uh, pressing need for the Saints this offseason. As those two combined uh, for 57 games at defensive tackle for the Saints the past uh, couple of years. Saints currently have one interior defensive lineman under contract and Prince Emily. Uh, he has not even played a snap yet for the Saints. So uh, Otamayata and uh, Tuttle command contracts the Saints weren't likely to match. 
uh, Otomayata, with the whom the Saints originally drafted in the fourth round of 2016, agreed to a three-year deal with the Falcons that will pay him $35 million over the course of the deal with $24.5 million guaranteed. Uh, by signing elsewhere, Otomayata also accelerated the void years in his contract with the Saints into the 2023 cap. New Orleans will have to account for, you ready, $10.2 million in dead cap charge once the signing becomes official. So he had been a stalwart. He had been a pretty good player for uh, the Saints over the years. Uh, it doesn't seem right to me that he should be. He leaves as a free agent. That's right. Saints uh, owe him nothing, right? Uh, other than ten point two million, he's going to count against his cap. You know the cap space, and uh, I, I'm not real. Uh, 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 pardon the term, clairvoyant. How that all works, and uh, with that, but the uh, I guess I'll call them actuaries, uh, figuring that out with the NFL with the all the pay structures and all. Um, you know, with the signing bonus doesn't count against the cap, so you can give them cash. And uh, but when you sign him to those contracts, it would sticks for a year, two years, three, whatever the case may be. Uh, the Saints uh, uh, have some issues. Uh, there were what close to 60 million over the cap. They brought it down to about 30 a couple of weeks ago. And uh, with this taking place, uh, anyway, um, anyway, Tuttle, you know, Tuttle was literally undrafted. And the Saints signed to a free yeah. agent deal. And, he and then one guy was a seventh round pick. That's uh, right. You know, that's right. And the Saints. Uh, Basically, now uh, uh, they've got some uh, scrambling to do in that case. Don't know if there are – I'm sure there are other defensive linemen out there that the Saints could pick up, but uh, at what ability uh, they may have. Of course, Tuttle's new deal with the Panthers will pay him $13 million in guarantees, more than tripling his previous career earnings with New Orleans. And if he plays out the full contract, he'll earn over $19 million from Carolina. So uh, – while uh, Otomayata is going to Atlanta to play with uh, Nelson, that's the former Saint coach whom the Falcons hired away uh, from the Saints uh, in their defensive coordinator offseason. Tuttle is going to play close to home. He played at high school ball at Davidson North, which is an hour away from uh, the Panthers' home stadium. So uh, I can understand that. He wanted to go back home. He made the Saints roster in 2019 as an undrafted rookie earning regular playing time as part of the Saints' defensive line. By the 2021 season, he had secured the starting role, uh, playing more than 40% of the defensive snaps each of the last two years. And uh, right now, uh, depending on what happens in the rest of the free agency, the Saints could get some return for their losses in the form of uh, uh, compensatory picks. You know, uh, don't know how the NFL works that out, but uh, uh, the Saints' uh, formula for picking over – over the cap projects, they could get as much as a fourth rounder for Otomayata and a sixth rounder for Tuttle. So uh, that remains to be seen. And and now the Saints are faced with uh, the task of rebuilding their starting defensive interior, either through free agency, the draft, or both. And the losses might not be done uh, along the defensive line. Uh, of course, Marcus Davenport's out of there too. Uh, defensive tackle Malcolm uh, Roach are both free, uh, is a free agent also. The Saints are essentially starting from scratch. It's not necessarily a bad thing after years ranking among the NFL's best defensive run defenses. And that, that they were. They took a step back last year, ranking 24th. So uh, another reason maybe it's not uh, – hurting them uh, with the Saints. So uh, we'll see uh, what takes place in the next uh, few days with the Saints maybe uh, trying to fill that uh, those voids with those defensive players. 
in the meantime michael thomas still hanging around out there um you know uh, don't they hit the saints on him in the next few days a big 17th uh, i believe saint patrick's day he finds either a pot of gold or nothing at the end of the rainbow that's right so i'm sure there are a lot of head scratching going on with the saints front office of what they're going to do with record-setting receiver michael thomas who does hold the record Apparently, he in. and Derek Carr had a good moment. Yeah, I think that. So uh, that makes me think that he may be ready to restructure again because he did just recently restructure his contract. But um, my gut tells me he's going to be back. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you in that. And it uh, looks like the Saints are going to write a big check to him uh, this coming uh, St. Patty's Day to uh, see how everything's going to shape up. But uh, the big news on the Saints, so uh, you can, uh, you've seen them make up uh, time and ground uh, with that. You remember they drafted the big defensive tackle out of USC, played for a few years with the Saints, and uh, after five years, I think he quit football. And uh, so the Saints, uh, they, they, you got to coach them up a little bit. And Tuttle, undrafted, uh, Davenport, uh, not hitting the field a lot. Of course, Peyton Turner's still there. He's been injured a lot during the uh, – is it two or possibly three years he's been with the Saints out of Houston, uh, the Cougar? Uh, so, and Cam Jordan, the old reliable, still there, but uh, you know he's getting up in age too. At at what thirty four, thirty five years of age, Cam Jordan is. So, uh, anyways, all time sacks leader for the Saints. So uh, we'll see what uh, is going to transpire in the meantime uh, with that. So, anyway, Aaron Rodgers looks like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's found a home. Uh, he's just got. Uh, head to Las Vegas, I do believe. Yeah, you know, uh, it's not unusual, especially when they're right across the bay from each other, that uh, San Francisco players would wind up in Oakland. But, you know, I, I know that uh, Raider fans uh, severely mocked uh, the team, uh, suggesting, really, you're trading Garoppolo for Carr? I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah, the overall opinion was sort of meh. Yeah, you're right about that. And didn't uh, Darnold, Darnold left uh, Carolina. He's headed to a back San Francisco. And, and they still have two quarterbacks in Trey Lance and also the, the, the rookie out of Iowa State who played so well for him in the last uh, seven, eight games of the year in Brock Purdy. So, uh, man, it's just it's crazy right now. So maybe they think Trey Lance is on the trading block. I don't think they trade – uh, uh, Brock Purdy after the performance he had in the last, uh, what, eight, nine games of the year after Garoppolo got hurt and Trey Lance went down, I think, in the first game against the Bears, didn't mm-hmm. he? I think he went down a rainstorm. Apparently he's not a mutter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Justin Fields that day was a mutter, uh, but not uh, Garoppolo. Yeah, it just, uh, it's amazing how the, all this uh, transpires in, uh, in 24 hours. But uh, And it seemed like another quarterback had moved on, too. I can't remember who that was uh, recently, too. Uh, seemed like the Miami backup quarterback uh, went to uh, Houston, the Texans, and uh, uh, there there was some quarterback. Deshaun Watson did restructure his contract. Browns opened nearly $36 million in cap geez. space just with that one deal. Yeah, I wonder if they uh, everything is still guaranteed in his latter contract. So, uh Anyway, but the times they are changing in the NFL, and uh, we'll see uh, what beholds uh, in the next few days with uh, picks. And uh, don't know when the NFL announces 
the compensatory picks, uh, you know, to teams. I think that, they already uh, did that. I well, think... they did, but now with the movement of the free agents, is that going to back up to the 24 draft? Or is that, you know, because they've announced all those, like you said, all those draft uh, yeah. moves. It's just crazy right now. So, uh, and, and I don't think we referenced uh, the fact that they restructured, the Saints restructured Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore. That's right. As well to uh, free up some cap space. So the Saints uh, around the NFL will have more uh, during the course of the week anyway. In the meantime, time for our first break here on Bayou Sports here on March 14th, a big Tuesday. Uh, you're listening to Kane Radio, FM 1075 and uh, AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports. You're on this big Tuesday morning, March the 14th. And, uh, you know, looking over the brackets of the NCAA uh, tournament, uh, which begins tonight uh, with some of those playing games. You know, you're looking for a Cinderella team. A lot of, of course, you're not going to secure that many points when you pick a Cinderella team. You get a point in the first two rounds in some of those brackets, and two points in uh, round three and four, and onward to the championship game. I think where uh, seven points is awarded for the uh, if you pick the right winner. You know, last year St. Peter's made that stunning Cinderella run in the tournament, and uh, last March and a year later, you're ready. Not a single member of that team is going dancing. And the reason I bring that up to catch up, you know, of course, the Peacocks, the number 15 Peacocks, beat number two Kentucky, then number seven Murray State, then number three Purdue last year before falling to uh, the eventual runner-up North Carolina in the Elite Eight, uh, becoming the first 15 seed 
to ever make it that far. Uh, anyway, in the aftermath of all this, uh, many uh, uh, in that regard uh, uh, about the bright future of the program last year, you were talking about instead uh, the Peacocks experienced an exodus. Head coach Shaheen Holloway was hired away by his alma mater, Seton Hall. Uh, understandable. Starting a domino effect that saw eight of the team's 12 players transfer. And none of those eight players made the tournament this year. Their leading scorer, Daryl Banks III, uh, went to St. Bonaventure where uh, he led the team in scoring, but the Bonnies lost in the second round of the A-10 tournament. Uh, Denefo, uh, he followed Holloway to Seton Hall, which went 17-15 and 15 and started strong but fizzled late. Doug Eddard, uh, the mustachio darling of last March, ended up at Bryant. They went 17-13, and 13, which lost in the quarterfinals, American East. Uh, Hussein Dram, uh, the identical twin brothers, uh, uh, along with Fasiani, uh, I guess that's the correct pronunciation, went to LaSalle. LaSalle went 15-19. and 19. Matthew Lee, the assist leader on the team, went to Missouri State, which uh, lost in the quarters of the Missouri Valley. Clarence Rupert went to Southern Illinois. They went 23-10, and 10, which came closer than anyone, but uh, got beat by a red-hot Drake team. And uh, last but not least, uh, Marty Silvera became the standout in D2 Southern Connecticut State. They went 18-12, and 12, ranking second in the nation with 79 steals. But as for St. Peter's, they replaced Holloway with Bashir Mason and added five freshmen, four transfers, but the new-look Peacocks. They went 14-8. and eight. And they they run back underway, but uh, it's just amazing, you know, how this team everybody hauls it out of St. Peter's when they, I mean, they were the darlings of uh, winning those close games, and, uh, and oh, what they did was get recognized. That's right. That's and right. All of a sudden, uh, bigger schools, bigger opportunities came knocking. Yeah, and they did, and they hauled it, and uh, St. Peter's uh, just uh, just didn't have it this year. The so coach left, teams implode. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it used to be mid-majors would have maybe a little success because, if nothing else, they had experience. They had guys who That's played right. together maybe a little bit longer, but now the ease of transferring uh, takes away what, you know, the one thing mid-majors had going for themselves was, you know, they they – Happen to find a diamond in the rough. Bigger schools look past them, and then you get to keep them for three or four years, and uh, t- kids play together, and all of a sudden they can do something in a tournament. But yeah. uh, now uh, the transfer portal uh, takes uh, away those guys, too. Yeah, and uh, not only that, you'd see some of these mid-major teams that had four or five seniors that played for four years uh, in that regard and had a little maturity and experience. Exactly. And you don't see that much anymore. Uh, only 32 teams seated 12th or lower have made the Sweet 16 since the field expanded to 64 back in 85. Less than half, 14 of them made it back to the tournament the following year, and only two made it past the Sweet 16. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's nothing that uh, you can say, but uh, we'll always have a team you know, like the Peacocks one year that had that magical run. Remember VCU uh, four years ago? They made it to the uh, Final Four. I Loyola, Chicago. Uh, Loyola, and, Chicago. And, you're right. And another one. So, and, uh, and when you have nothing else to root for, it's fun to at least be able to root for those Cinderella's. Yeah, you're right. And uh, it's pretty much fun to see those teams. You know, LSU had what a a ninth seed, 11th seed uh, with that group back in 86, made it to the Final Four in Dallas. Of course, they got beat, I think, in the semifinal game 
uh, uh, Ricky Blanton and that crowd, uh, just some uh, just good hustle players. And uh, I remember being into that team because of Vargas. Yes, uh, yes. For some reason, there was a circus Vargas. And for some that that's what I called him throughout the tournament, Circus Vargas. And uh, I just remember being uh, interested in that team uh, six years before I'd moved to Louisiana. Just uh, And Dale Brown, uh, he was always one of those guys where you're rooted for, even if you weren't in the neighborhood. Yeah, and he, uh, of course, that year they beat uh, Memphis and Georgia Tech, two quality basketball teams uh, that LSU defeated. And what I want to say – uh, one of those games, if not both of those games, might have been in the PMAC uh, at that time back in 86. And uh, anyway, the Tigers uh, headed up to Dallas. Uh, and uh, that's the year, I believe, that uh, Louisville won it. And I'm trying to remember who Louisville beat in the finals. Uh, it wasn't Duke. Duke. They beaten Duke maybe uh, six years earlier in the championship game in 80. Uh, but uh, Louisville, uh, the Final Four was Louisville, LSU. It wasn't possibly Georgetown, maybe, after they lost the year before. I, uh, Providence made a run that year. Wasn't they that did. the year Rick Pitino uh, put them on the map? Uh, it might have been, too. Uh, I just I can't remember. But I don't know if they made it that far. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the uh, Tigers that year, I think they were the lowest seed to make it to a Final Four at number 11 over that period of time. So, uh Anyway, uh, baseball uh, in the news. Of course, uh, the United States, as we mentioned yesterday, need to win their final two games in the World Baseball Classic to advance to their championship round. Of course, a mercy rule candidate yesterday by a score of 12-1 to 1, uh, in that game, and it lasted just seven innings due to the due to the mercy rule. Of course, they got beat the day before 11-5 by Mexico. Uh, that was Sunday, of course, and the most expensive baseball team ever sandaled is back on uh, track atop Pool C. So uh, uh, the payroll for the Team USA based on the average annual value of their major league contracts is almost $400 million, the highest of any team in the field by a lot. Last word, well, some really uh, good lineups. Mookie Besto, Sports Illustrated, this is one is ridiculous. Anyway, elsewhere, as you mentioned off the air, four Puerto Rico pitchers threw the first perfecto in World Baseball Classic history against Israel, retiring all 24 hitters in a 10 nothing uh, win uh, in that. So uh, in the world of info overload, it's hard to break through uh, anyway. So we'll see uh, what, uh, what the U.S. does today. They've got, I think they play Columbia today, and uh, we'll see how the U.S. team's going to make out a little basketball news going back a couple and of recent let me finish ahead. up the uh, rick patino that was the 87 tournament okay that they made the final four yeah providence okay before. billy donovan a big part of yeah, that team that's right that's right who ended up in florida and won the national championship twice if my memory back-to-back years in what oh seven oh eight as I coach believe. but he was a player at that's providence, right yeah. that's right where's billy donovan now in the, chicago in, in nba yeah he? he's yeah. coaching the bulls that's right poorly Anyway, another basketball news, uh, uh, the controversial Chris Beard, uh, who had some issues over at Texas and was let go because of an assault charge with his fiancée. Ole Miss has hired him just over two months after his firing at Texas following a domestic violence arrest. Charges were later dismissed by his fiancée, I guess. Uh, the question is, is she in Oxford, too? Anyway, uh, in the meantime, elsewhere uh, – uh, our, our former LSU coach. I was going to say, you got to put these two in the same 
<laughs> Same story because Will Wade, uh, he has reemerged. He promised, I heard a sound bite yesterday, promised uh, they lost 23 games this year, did McNeese. He promised to win 23 games next year. He interesting. Said, Remember I said it. Well, the NIL is alive and kicking uh, mm. over in Lake Charles, so uh, we'll see how he's going to uh, do that. Now, one last uh, tidbit, you know, uh, with regards to coaches, you know, Jay Wright was just did a fantastic job at Villanova, and he now serves as an analyst for CBS Sports. And he spoke recently about his decision to retire. You know how that went with uh, Boheim, you know, uh, mm-hmm. up in Syracuse. And he said, I really don't miss it at all. Uh, he said, um, also, I enjoyed every second of it. There never a time when I thought I didn't like this. I feel like I got everything out of it. I'm enjoying this new life. And uh, I remember doing a game at Purdue this season, and it was so loud we couldn't hear ourselves on our headsets. There's a little secondary. This is cool. The juice is cool. Right at it. As soon as the game starts, I look across and see the faces of coaches in agony. I'm so glad I'm out of this and on the other side. So uh, Jay Wright won in it. Excuse me, won a national championship in Villanova a few years ago, and uh, with a fine team too. And uh, and they, they captured uh, the the crown. And I want to say that was the second time Villanova has won a championship. Of course, the first one, the historic game, Rally Massimino. Yeah, where they beat his last game too. Uh, and remember the old manager on the team, I think, had ALS. Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah they, he they was rallied in, behind That's something. right. And uh, they beat the Georgetown team by shooting 84% from the floor in that game and, and beat the Georgetown team that was the defending national champion, I think, in 84 with Patrick Ewing and that crowd. And uh, hats off to Villanova, a little private school up in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, so, uh they uh, win the national championship. Jay Wright, just uh, just happy to be retired and moving on. So uh, happy for him, too, in that regard. Uh, elsewhere. Uh, and and Beheim, by the way, since uh, last week, he's come out and said he's very content in retirement. And, you know, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, sort of gave a, a, a rather graceful uh, speech because, I still think he was uh, done wrong by Syracuse. I, I don't think they needed to do it so soon after the game. I, I think they could have had a joint press conference where, you know, they announce uh, his retirement, not his dismissal, uh, like it felt. And uh, but but again, kudos to Beheim for just uh, giving them a little cover. Yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, when you think about it, he's. He, not only as a player and a coach, he's been at Syracuse since 1962 when he enrolled as a freshman. I think he was a walk-on, too, as a freshman. And, then, of course, uh, in his second marriage, he had a couple uh, young sons, and he wanted to coach them at Syracuse. And Buddy and I can't remember the other son, who weren't bad, who weren't bad players, too, uh, for Syracuse back in the last few years. So, uh, And, of course, Syracuse won a national championship uh, back in 03 when they beat Kansas uh, as an, I think they were a number three seed or somewhere in there. And Bayheim uh, uh, coached Kansas, I mean, uh, against Kansas, won a national championship. So, and second all-time in wins in collegiate basketball, only behind Coach K. So, uh, uh, just an impressive resume. Uh, for, and Bayheim, I want to say he's 78 years he of was, age. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, when you look at it, uh, 
You remember watching John Wooden coach his last game when UCLA beat Kentucky back in 75. He was 65 years of age, and he looked older. Oh, yeah. When he was you know? 40, he looked 60. <laughs> just the way, the way he parted his hair, uh, he just had a very – old school look about him yeah and you know wouldn't live to be 99 years yeah. of age too or right at it uh maybe 100 uh in his last year of his life so uh anyway collegiate basketball uh, we'll have uh something on them in the next segment too it all begins tonight uh with some playing games so uh time for that next break you listen to bayou sports here on kane radio fm 107.5 and am 1240 we'll be back with more right after this landry has been traveling around district 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens as we visited with thousands of people across our great district many asked how can we get involved in moving our district forward join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us pay for by the jacob landry for louisiana campaign nowadays none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money that's why so many people call the schwing insurance agency to get a quote the schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years you can depend on schwing insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price so before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one call the schwing insurance agency for a quote at 365-2357 schwing insurance 300 east main across from the shadows with more than and 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer pain.com. Hi, my name is Haley Miller, and I'm a third-generation McDonald's owner-operator in the Bayou Tesh area. I'd like to invite you to our first annual Kids and Clays Open, a sporting clays event benefiting the Ronald McDonald House Charities of South Louisiana, being held on Friday, April 14th at Jefferson Island in New Iberia, Louisiana. Ronald McDonald House Charities provide a home away from home for critically ill children and their families while a family member is being treated at a local hospital. The mission of Kids and Clay's Foundation is to help participating RMHC chapters raise funds through sporting clay events. Participants will enjoy a 100-bird round of sporting clays with ammunition on a professionally set chromatic course with golf carts, ear and eye protection, shooter gifts, access to quality loaner firearms, a great breakfast and lunch, shooter games, and more. Plus, you have a chance to win a huge amount of outdoor gear, trips, and firearms through raffles and auctions. The best part is that proceeds benefit local Ronald McDonald House charities. Teams of four start at $1,000 with numerous sponsorships available, and individual shooters are $275 each. A team of shooting instructors will be on-site to coach anyone not familiar with shotgun shooting sports. No experience is necessary to have a great, safe time participating in one of America's fastest-growing sports. We hope to see you out at Jefferson Island on Friday, April 14th. For more information, visit our McDonald's Miller Management Facebook page or visit kidsandclays.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, March the 14th, as... uh, 
Uh, tonight it starts, folks. Uh, get your brackets in. Of course, in a lot of these fantasy leagues that where you have these brackets, uh, those play-in games don't count. They'll stencil in your uh, the winners of those particular games in that 64-team uh, field uh, with that. But uh, tournament tips off tonight with the first of four as two 16 seeds and two 11 seeds. I know, can't believe 11 seeds got to have a play-in game. Uh, don't understand It's always that been that all. way. It's always been that way, and yes. I've never understood it. Never have heard a good reason for it. Yeah, and as uh, the uh, play-in games, uh, you wonder uh, – Maybe some of these lower classification uh, conferences uh, with their champion, uh, they're rated anywhere from 16 to 15, 14, but uh, who knows. Anyway, the schedule tonight is number 16, Southeast Missouri State taking on number 16, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which won the Southland. Uh, they beat Northwestern State uh, in the championship game. Of course, that game begins uh, this evening uh, at 6.40 Eastern time, so it'll be 5.40 our time Uh on True TV, as we, uh, Jeff mentioned yesterday. Of course, later on, number 11, if, if you're not familiar with True TV on Cox, it's Channel 51. Uh, they play a lot of uh, uh, reality kind of shows. Uh, one of the big ones, uh, Impractical Jokers. Uh, sometimes you may uh, stumble upon that, but uh, that's True TV. Yeah, on Cox. Uh, meanwhile, check your own uh, cable uh, company to see where those games are being played on tonight. Uh uh, so you're looking at 5.40 uh, drive time uh, from work as the first game. The second game, number 11, Pitt. The Panthers take on number 11, Mississippi State. The Bulldogs also on True TV. That'll be at uh, 9.10. So we're figuring that's going to be 8.10 our time, a little after 8. And, or, or 30 minutes following the end of the other game. You know, so yeah, have always got that fact. And not sure they're playing. Uh, are they playing these games in Dayton? All in Dayton, tonight yeah. and tomorrow night. Okay. And anyway, by the numbers, uh, 10 of the 11 tournaments uh, since the first four debuted, at least one of its participants has reached the uh, round of 32, including five who reached the Sweet 16 and two who reached the Final Four. Uh, more to watch uh, tonight on, on TV. Uh, in the NBA, the Nuggets at the Raptors. That's a 7.30 time. Bucks at Suns at 10. Those games should be 6.30 and not 9. Uh, the Capitals at the Rangers at, on ESPN tonight at uh, 6. Uh, 7 p.m., I'm sure, is Eastern time. Uh, elsewhere in the World Baseball Classic, Nicaragua takes on Venezuela. That's going to be a noon game or maybe 11 o'clock on Fox 2. Canada takes on Colombia at 3 p.m., uh, of course, 2 p.m. our time on Fox 2. Israel versus the Dominican Republic, that's going to be on Fox 1 at 6. Great Britain versus Mexico, that's going to be at uh, 10 uh, or 9 p.m. on Fox 1. So uh, elsewhere, 8 uh, NIT games uh, start tonight, uh, uh, 7 to 11 p.m. on the ESPN Networks, first round of the 32 uh team tournament elsewhere spring training uh the nationals will be at the mets uh that's going to be a noon take uh and the angels at the guardians at uh 3 p.m on major league baseball network and later on tonight it's going to be the reds at the rawls at uh 8 p.m so uh, a lot of games going on right now uh, with that and uh you know jeff with the world baseball classic nicaragua may have lost to the dominican republic on monday in the world baseball classic one of their pitches won uh, uh, 21-year-old Duque, Duque Hebert 
uh, struck out uh, Juan Santo, Julio Rodriguez, Rafael Devers in the ninth inning an hour after the game, and the Tiger scouts signed him to a contract. So uh, a 21-year-old makes big. Uh, don't know what the money uh, was to, uh, in that regard, but uh, just interesting to see a 21-year-old uh, making some money for himself uh, but uh, Nicaraguan uh, in that regard. So uh, good to see. Uh, hopefully it's some more cool stories like that that come out of the World Baseball Classic. You know, there are only three teams in the major leagues that have a $5 billion uh, net worth. And, of course, two are American League teams and one's a National League team. And everybody knows the Yankees have to be the richest team in Major League Baseball. They're valued at $7.1 billion. And the Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner, bought those Yankees back from CBS back in uh, 72, 73, for I think $10 million. What an investment. And, you know, one of the things they did uh, before a lot of others, they started their own network, television network. So uh, they're gaining, reaping the benefits of those television rights more than most other teams do. Uh, the Cubs uh, kind of uh, finally picked up that idea with the Marquee Sports Network. And I'm guessing the Dodgers are in that mix, too. Yeah, the Dodgers. The Dodgers, uh, similarly, you got the uh, you know, two major markets there in New York and Los Angeles. And when you control your media rights the way those two teams do, that adds to the wealth of the team, uh, not just uh, those 26 guys in pinstripes. Anyway, uh, and uh, the Dodgers have a $5.2 billion worth, along with the Red Sox at $5.2 billion. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I can remember when the Dodgers, uh, Walter O'Malley, spending money back in the 50s. He got tired of paying for charter flights, and he bought his own plane for the team to fly around in. So uh, always thinking ahead, you know, and he could see the the, the Dodger team dying in Brooklyn when uh, that, that, that crowd from Brooklyn started moving to Long Island and all and uh, building homes on the uh, Long Island. And that was a good hour ride from uh, the Bronx, so uh, I should say Brooklyn. So uh, he was always thinking ahead of time, too, in that regard. And, of course, the Yankees up in the Bronx uh, built their second stadium when they opened uh, the second Yankee Stadium, uh, 09, 08, somewhere in there. And then they won the World Series. Uh, 09 was the first season yeah. in it and won the series. Yeah, yeah. won the series. Cardinals. Eight, they didn't even make the postseason. That's right. And the Yan- uh, Cardinals did the same thing when they built their new stadium in 06, and they won the World Series. Red Sox uh, haven't built a new stadium uh, in a little over 100 years. Yeah, a little more than that. <laughs> As they uh, play uh, uh, in Boston. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, in other news, too, uh, you know, UL plays Tennessee uh, come Thursday night. I think we mentioned the games around 740, 840, 8.30. Uh, uh, they take on the Volunteers in a, in a big game. And, uh, you know, historically, UL has played – Tennessee pretty tough over the years in uh, in uh, basketball. Uh, lost to him in a couple games where uh, just uh, heartbreaking. Uh, they uh, a couple times. Uh, I think uh, I saw an article recently about uh, the games against uh, uh, Tennessee. Uh, when Tennessee also the same scenario, I think Tennessee might have been a number five seed and UL was a 12 seed uh, back in the early 80s and they played a great game and uh, UL loses to the Volunteers in a close one and they've had a couple other rematches over the years. Uh, there was a story. 2000 in the yeah, tournament. That's right. That's right. And uh, I want to say uh, 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 Foote wrote a nice article about that 
with regards to uh, the UL-Tennessee rivalry, if you call, want to call it that. They haven't met that often, but in the NCAA tournament, uh, the uh, Cajuns have, uh, uh, have played Tennessee tough, and there are a lot of people think that UL's got a chance to beat Tennessee. They haven't been playing real well lately. Uh, we'll give them hope for that uh, in the tournament, and uh, we'll see how that's all going to turn out in the meantime. But... Uh, um, it's the, there's predictions out there. Uh, the Tennessee's our number four seed this year. UL's a 13 seed. Of course, that game's going to be on CBS. I'm sure Town will 10 and uh, Lafayette will have it. 11 on Cox, I believe. Uh, anyway, but Tennessee, uh, uh, a lot of people are picking the Cajuns to beat them, even though Tennessee's a 10-point pick. Uh, Tennessee opened the season 18-3, and three, but is five, won, has won five games in its last 12 uh, they're, they were roaring hot going to the tournament a year ago, winning 12 or 13 games. But the balls are 2-2 two and two in the past uh, after losing uh, to a uh, – they lost one of their better players to an ACL tear. Uh, Ziegler is his name. And uh, in his left knee. And they uh, won against Arkansas following uh, Ziegler's injury. But uh, uh, the, Louisiana's going uh, winless against the quad one opponents this year. They're 1-5 in, in matchup with quad one and two. Their lone win over a quad team was South Alabama January 14th. The Cajuns were 10 and 1 in quad three games, 12 and 1 in quad four games. And the quad three loss was to Old Dominion back in New Year's Eve. And the quad four loss was to Coastal Carolina back in uh, a day or two before. So uh, Jordan Brown's got to do the job for the Cajuns. Uh, he's their big man. He's averaging about 19 a game. And they also, Greg Williams also averages a little over 13. And he shoots 40% on three parties. It's pretty impressive. To anything above 40 is pretty good. And so Brown's about. Uh, not quite seven foot, six eleven, two twenty five is his weight. Uh, for, he was the MVP in the league, so uh, we'll see how the Cajuns. A lot of people are picking the Cajuns to win this game. So uh, will Tennessee show up? Um, the good one or the bad one? Who knows? Uh, their coin flip away, and uh, Brown could be a problem for uh, Tennessee. So we wish the Cajuns well Thursday uh, night. Uh, at around 8.30 on CBS, so a uh, big ball game for them, a 10-point underdog. Uh, that's what the bookies say. Who knows uh, how the game flows and all and uh, with that. But uh, hopefully to see the Cajuns do a pretty good job too. Elsewhere, speaking of the Cajuns, of course, they're in spring football right now, and uh, Coach Mike Desimo has got his team moving forward, so uh, trying to uh, get back on the winning tune after losing a tough bowl game to the University of Houston Cougars up in Shreveport uh, and if my memory serves me right that game was pretty cold that game uh, up in Shreveport that uh, yeah it was it was brutal and uh, it, was, it was brutal for Shreveport standards let alone uh, down here yeah so uh, anyway uh, Cajuns uh, hope to uh, eradicate the uh, uh, Tennessee uh, the Vols but that and I'm trying to remember that game I'm trying to remember that game what would where they're going to play that particular game uh, come Thursday night to Jeff. Orlando. Uh, that's also in Orlando. All right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. What do you mean also? Well, uh, they have uh, another game there that, that earlier that evening too, don't they? Well, I'm sure they do. They probably yeah, have four games four. stacked up. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because they usually start around 11 o'clock on yeah. the Eastern time, 10 o'clock our time. Uh, so with those games, of course, NIT games on tap for tonight. Uh, I was just going through the uh, schedule with regards to the Cajuns playing. Uh, that's March 16th. Uh, quickly, 
just see if everything. Yeah, the spread's still ten and a half. Uh, that game on CBS at the Amway Center. So uh, anyway, good luck to the Cajuns uh, for that game. Uh, we'll be watching and reporting some uh, Friday morning after the fishing and hunting show. Anyway, time to take our next break here on Bayou Sports uh, on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more along with Today in Sports History right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. I am Jay. Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big Tuesday, March the 14th. And a little NBA news before we head off in today in sports history as the, uh, the Pels tonight uh, take on uh, the L.A. Lakers over in New Orleans at the Smoothie King Center. Of course, uh, the, the Pels are uh, favored by a point. 225 is the over and under. And right now the Pels sit right at the number 10 spot in the Western Conference for the playoffs. That means they've got to win uh, two uh, games. Uh, I guess you call that the play-in games in the NBA for the playoffs. As they've got to defeat the uh, number 7 seed uh, twice. Or did they play Two out of three against a seven seed, or that, or is that uh, yeah, a wrong? Seven Robin? and eight, seven and eight. If they win their initial, initial game, game they over. move on. Yeah, but uh, the nine and ten seeds have to win twice. Yeah, against the same team. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they take on uh, the L.A. Lakers tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Of course, that'll be on uh, the Bally Sports Network, which haven't heard much about with regards to their financial issues yeah. uh, elsewhere. So, uh, with that, so a chance to see. Uh, uh, the Pels against uh, the Lakers tonight. Not sure if LeBron is still out or not. I'm trying to recall. I know he had an injury uh, a week or so ago. I can't recall if he's still in the lineup for the uh, for the Lakers tonight. So uh, big game for them. 
hold it for them to hold on to that 10th spot. Uh, not sure what their remaining games uh, they have. What about uh, their record right now is I believe they're two games under 500. Uh, the Lakers have the uh, ninth seed right now. So uh, for the Pels to beat them and the Lakers are seven three in their last 10, while the Pels three and seven. And uh, there are two games under 500, as I mentioned, along with Oklahoma City. There, uh, it's I mean it's close. Minnesota, the seventh seed, is 35 and 34. Dallas, 34 and 35. The Lakers, 33 and 35. And the uh, Pels at uh, 33 and 35, sit at 10. Oklahoma City is also at 33 and 35, along with Utah at 12 at 33 and 36. So there's a log jam there. If you can go on a nice run, you should be able to get in between uh, uh, those teams uh, anywhere from uh, 7 to 12. Uh, even Portland at 13 is 31 and 37. So, But I'm not sure what the Pels lineup is, looks like. Their schedule for the remaining, uh, how's my math, uh, 68 games, 14 games they have left uh, for the regular season. Uh, with the uh, end of uh, March, the latter end of March, and also uh, into April, so uh, before the playoffs begin. So, uh, Pell's got their work cut out for them, Jeff. As they we all they know. will be without LeBron James, though. Uh, Sunday, their head coach said he's progressing well, uh, but initially put on about a three-week timetable, and that goes back to the 26th of February, so he's probably out for at least another week. And with Zion Williamson, there were rumors flying around he might be done for the year uh, with regards to his tweaking his hamstring, which uh, he's been out since uh, the first week in January, I do believe. So you're looking at over two and a half months almost right now with Zion Williamson. Boy, they could use his rebounding and uh, inside uh uh, shots. So um, anyway, we'll see where. And then Ingram went down again. I'm not sure if he'll be playing tonight for the Pels uh, over in the Smoothie King against the Lakers. But uh, should have a big crowd tonight uh, with football, basketball uh, being over in the city of New Orleans and uh, um, um, other things taking place. So uh, anyway, uh, hope the, uh, the Pels can make the playoffs, see what they can do. Uh, but if Zion Williamson's out for the remainder of the year, along with a Brandon Ingram, a uh, long day, uh, hopefully not for the Pels tonight. Meanwhile, I uh, don't know if I had anything else, Jeff, uh, that you uh, might have uh, looked well, over. But you talked about earlier, you saw maybe where Mr. Aaron Rodgers, but the deal might be done with the Jets. I, I saw two different stories uh, in regard to his possible future, and one suggesting a trade is in, imminent. Um, after months of discussion, Trey Wingo, Pro Football Network, uh, thinks that uh, he will be in a massive blockbuster deal. Bleacher Report also uh, suggested uh, that uh, a deal, uh, see, enter the Jets to join. And on Tuesday, uh, the 6th, the Jets began discussions with Rodgers. A few contingents in the organization flew out to California to meet with him after the backers, let's see, anyway... This story goes on to talk a lot about a whole bunch of what-ifs, but uh, nothing really substantial other than that uh, there seems to be a buzz that a trade is done. Well, I guess uh, until one of these uh, NFL reporters gets the whole story uh, still uh, up in the air and uh, what the Packers are going to do or what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, whether play or retire, and the Jets, uh, as I mentioned early in the broadcast, flew out to Los Angeles uh, or out to California to meet with him. And um, 
who knows with Rodgers. He's he had kind of made some comments recently, but uh, he's, he's still playing his cards to his vest in that regard. So, and I'm sure the Packers would like to get hold of some of those draft choices. And uh, of course, their backup quarterback Love uh, is pretty much excited about maybe having a, a being a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, you look back uh, 14 years ago when Brent Favre played with the Jets for a year, then moved on to the Vikings and played against the Saints in the championship game in the Dome where the Saints beat him uh, on a late field goal, and I want to say in the first overtime as the Saints uh, played in a super, their first ever Super Bowl. So uh, anyway, the Packers at, at that uh, time again uh, where their star quarterback uh, will play for the Jets. We'll see. Anyway couple of uh, sports deaths of note uh, uh-huh. before we say goodbye. Dick Fosbury, we referenced him, the Flosbury Fop, uh, last week. Uh, what was his birthday, I guess? And uh, died at uh, the age of 76. And Joe Pepitone passed away. Yeah, the former Yankee and Astro. Cubs. Too. Cubs, too. Yeah. That's right. Pepitone, uh, it seemed like he... Uh, he he ran aground uh, when Barra was the manager, or was it maybe uh, someone else? But Pepitone took Moose Garn's place at first base for the Yankees back in the early uh, 60s, 63, 64. And I think they traded Moose Garn off to the Dodgers, and the Dodgers ended up beating the Yankees in the 63 series. Uh, four games to none, though. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Joe Pepitone uh, with the Astros, and I'm not sure how many years he played with the Cubs. but uh, He played uh, some substantial time time uh, with the Cubs. I don't remember him with the uh, Astros. He played with the Astros for a year or so uh, back in uh, in the Dome years. So uh, after he left the Yankees, uh, Joe Pepitone, uh, uh, left-handed uh, first baseman and batter, and uh, played with the Yankees in that 64 series mm-hmm. against the Cards, and uh, a fine player, too. Uh, but I always wanted to seem like he, I don't know, did he have a, you know, the Yankees don't usually don't allow facial hair. And I don't know if he grew a beard or maybe his long hair. Sideburns, uh, maybe. Yeah, it might have been. I remember that in uh, Chicago, the big long sideburns. But he he was like the first Yankee to have a hair dryer in the locker room. That's right. That's right. That's right. So there was something else he did, too, to aggravate management. I can't remember what it was uh, with Joe Pepitone. And I think he was born in New York, too. He was. He was. Uh, a Yankee at heart, too, uh, Joe Pepitone. Apparently he was with the Astros briefly, then the Cubs, and then uh, the Braves. Okay, okay. And uh, I think he played into the 70s uh, sometime uh, in uh, Joe Pepitone. But uh, a Yankee, uh, uh, of course, the Yankees after the 64 series didn't make the World Series again until uh, Chris Chambliss hit that home run against Kansas City to get him in that Yankee Stadium. He claimed at one point to have turned Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford on to marijuana. <laughs> in an interview with Rolling Stone in 2015, he recalled that when he was with the Cubs, fans in the bleachers would throw packets of joints and cocaine at him in, in the outfield, and he would hide them in the ivy that covered the uh, wall. Maybe that's what it was. He got in trouble with the Yankees. Well, he spent some time in jail, too, in the 80s uh, because of drugs. Oh, well, Joe Pepitone, uh, a Yankee at heart, I guess. Anyway, uh, today and, and, and one go more, ahead. Okay. one more sports death. We missed it yesterday. Bud Grant passed away yes. over the weekend. Vikings head coach. 
Uh, four Super Bowls in a run of uh, eight years with the Vikings yes. back in the late 60s, 70s. And the Vikings had hired him after he did very well in the Canadian Football League for many years, won the Grey Cup. Winnipeg, I yeah, believe. Yeah, uh, won the Grey Cup a few times and decided to bring him down uh, south of the border. And uh, But four Super Bowls, even though they lost them all to uh, – in order uh, that and that to the Chiefs uh, again to I think they lost it the Dallas, last one to the I mean, not Dallas Miami to, yeah and also to the Raiders and Steelers yeah and the Steelers that's right so uh, anyway saw the Steelers Vikings game in the O2 Lane Stadium that day uh, with uh, Franco Harris ran for about 160 yards that afternoon. Anyway, today in sports history, March the 14th in 1954, the Milwaukee Braves. Future home run king, Hank Aaron. You know, we mentioned yesterday, guy got hurt. He Wally pipped him, and uh, he comes into his debut in exhibition game against the Red Sox. He hits a home run, too, in that first game as a Brave. I think I guess they were thinking uh, 60 home runs. Anyway, in 1956, a 50-year-old baseball pitching star, Satchel Paige, signs a contract to play for and manage the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro National League. Elsewhere on this date, 1960, center Wilt Chamberlain sets an NBA playoff record, scores 53 points uh, as the Warriors uh, win over the Syracuse Nationals uh, at the Philadelphia Civic Center. Elsewhere on this date, 1961, New York Yankees general manager George Weiss becomes the first president of the New York Mets after Major League Baseball's expansion. I think the uh, Yankees let him go along with Casey Stingle in 1960 after they uh, just uh, got embarrassed by the Pirates winning the World Series when they outscored them like 55-27 to 27 in, the fi- in the seven games. Elsewhere on this date, 1967, in the 1967 NFL Draft, defensive end from Michigan State, Bubba Smith is the first pick by the Baltimore Colts. Scores Bubba with the Police Academy movies and also the light beer commercials uh, made himself uh, famous in that regard. Elsewhere in 1972, on this day, the Cincinnati Rawls plagued by poor attendance and announced they're moving to the franchise to Kansas City and become the Kansas City Rawls. But again, I think they moved from Kansas City and went to Sacramento and became the Kings in that uh, next move. Also on this date in 1978, the NFL permanently adds a seventh official, a side judge, to uh, their games, uh, regular season games. On this date in 2017, the world's oldest golf club, Muirfield in Scotland, votes to admit women as members for the first time. 273 years, it took them to figure that out. Anywhere on this date in 2021, uh, the Players' Championship at TPC, Justin Thomas edges Lee Westwood of England by one stroke. Thomas wins a record $2.7 million. Also on this date in 2022 in the PGA Championship, TPC Cameron Smith uh, uh, wins $3.6 million, the biggest individual purse in golf history. He beats uh, Anirban uh, uh, Lahari by one stroke. Uh, and birthdays today. Born in 1930 on this date, Don Haskins, a former Texas Western, now Texas El Paso coach, who won the national championship in 1966 when he fielded an all-black starting lineup. He was born in Enid, Oklahoma. Of course, uh, uh, Don Haskins passed away in 2008. Saw him bring his Texas Western team to Blackham Coliseum in the 72 season for the Bayou Classic. And mm. uh, you all beat them, of course, at Dwight Lamar. Uh, uh, Freddie Saunders, uh, Jerry Bisbano, that crowd for the Cajuns. 
Elsewhere on this date, born on this date, Kirby Puckett, the Hall of Fame center fielder for the Twins and uh, World Series champ in 87 and 91, uh, MVP of the league, too, in 91 uh, with that. Elsewhere born on this date, I think the the purest shooter I've ever seen uh, in collegiate or professional basketball, Davidson guard Stephen Curry, born on this date in 1988. He's the NBA career three-point record holder. He's the MVP of the league uh, back then with the Golden State Warriors, born in Akron, Ohio. Also born on this date in 1997, Simone Biles, a gymnast, Olympic gold floor leader, team vault all around, born in Columbus, Ohio. And also uh, deaths on this date. One death to report on this date. Uh, I think the father of American football, Walter Camp, passed away on this day in 1925. He was 65 years of age. And Walter Camp still have the Walter Camp All-American football team in that. Quote of the day. I go back to uh, Walter Camp also. He said, play fair, but play hard. Win if you can. Lose if you must. But take your victories modestly and your whippings without a whimper. Boy, you don't see that today. No, not often. <laughs> anyway, of course, the change of habit 98 years ago in uh, the world of football. Anyway, Jeff, uh, that's it here in uh, Bayou Sports with uh, Today in Sports History. Don't know if you have any updates just in the last few moments or not. Nope, nope. But uh, certainly big thanks to our sponsors, including Jacob Landry, candidate for State Representative District 49 LA Classic Roughing, the Headache and Pain Center, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency. Appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.